When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. As we gear up for the biggest year in politics, one thing we can all do now is start voting with our wallets. By supporting brands and companies that share your values, you're sending a message. It's like buying a team jersey, and we're on Team Sanity. Our sponsors are, too. So before we get behind the candidates, let's get behind the people, our people. Every day, men and women who have started businesses across the country, people just like you and me. Support a Clan Buck sponsor and let your voice be heard. The more of us that support them, the louder our collective voice becomes. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome, everybody. Monday edition of Clay and Buck kicks off right now. Got a lot to talk about. Generally what happens on Monday, right? The avalanche of news from over the weekend. We will make sense of it all for you. We will dive into the latest. We'll take some of your calls as well. Uh, lines are open 800-282-2882 and up at clayandbuck.com we're going to put a poll up with regard to the Iowa caucuses which are seven days away. It feels like it took forever but now it is here. Voting is imminent. It will be upon us shortly in this primary. We shall discuss all that. We've also got the Secretary of Defense disappearing to the hospital and even to the ICU. This is Lloyd Austin of the Obama regime disappearing for a few days. People are saying, what's going on there? Plus, Democrats continuing to have real problems at the border based on the polling. The American people are waking up to what a disaster the U.S.-Mexico border actually is. Nancy Pelosi, AOC, others weigh in. No surprise to what they say. And if we have time, we may even get into the latest clay on the plagiarism wars. Billionaire Bill Ackman, female 400-meter distance runner. Um, This came up over the weekend. Not us, but 
this happened somewhere else. It went viral. We will discuss uh, whether we think we could get up out of our radio chairs and uh, and and win victory on that one. We'll, we'll get to that in a little. But Clay, uh, the Biden speech. I, I just wanted to start with this a little bit because I think, in a sense, it's the official opening of everything we're going to be hearing from Joe Biden um, and the well from the campaign, really, the Biden campaign going forward, which is that January sixth was the worst thing ever. Um, and this was the guy who was supposed to unite the country. He's done everything other than that. Here he is bragging about J6 protesters being sentenced to 840 years in prison. One desperate act available to him, the violence of January the 6th. And since that day, more than 1,200 people have been charged for their assault on the Capitol. Nearly 900 of them have been convicted or pled guilty. Collectively to date, they have been sentenced to more than 840 years in prison. And what's Trump done? Instead of calling them criminals, he's called these, extra, these insurrectionists patriots. They're patriots. And he promised to pardon them if he returns to office. Clay, the centerpiece of Biden's campaign is... It's all over if the other guy wins. I think this has landed so flat already, Buck. And I believe later today Biden is going to be in Charleston trying to rip at the scabs of American race relations by referencing, I believe it was a 2015 Dylan Roof. Uh, I, I hesitate to mention the guy's name. I probably shouldn't, but this was so long ago. I feel like a lot of you are not going to even remember all the particulars. And... This is all, all he's got, Buck, is Jan 6, threats to democracy, and abortion. That's his entire campaign. That is all Joe Biden can run on. And I think what they're recognizing is Trump's hard to pin down on abortion uh, compared to a lot of other people out there. Trump is not some dyed-in-the-wool culture warrior who's been a pro-life battleground guy for decades. Far from it, actually. Um, and I think that registers with the American public, which isn't going to believe, oh my goodness, Trump is going to take away uh, the right of a 14-year-old to have an abortion in California or New York, which they're going to try to sell as some danger that's out there or anywhere else in the country. Um, and, and the Jan 6 stuff. I, I paid attention to how this was covered because I was genuinely curious. The New York Times put it on page 12. This is a big signature speech that Joe Biden wanted to give. And yes, I'm an old man, and I still, as, as you guys all know, read the, the, the newspaper in print form. But that's a big deal to me because it lets you know what they consider to be worthy of a story, which oftentimes is more important than what's actually a story, the power to focus attention on stories it it basically passed without very much attention at all and i suspect the same thing's going to happen in charleston and this is this is i think why the biden camp is in such nervousness one week out from iowa because the numbers aren't changing buck and you mentioned i think off air the cbs poll What's mm. going on at the border just continues to get worse. Crime continues to rise as an issue. Uh, the overall impact of inflation is not fading away as the Biden team had hoped that it would. These fixed rate 
huge increases in prices are not going away. Yes, mortgage rates are coming down some, but they're still at 20-year highs. I think Biden, as we start here in 2024 and sit one week from Iowa, is in as difficult of a place as an incumbent president has ever been in at this point in his first term. You mentioned that CBS poll. Uh, it's 75% of Americans see the situation at the U.S.-Mexico border as either a crisis or a very serious situation. And this is a major uptick in that sentiment from previous polls asking uh, the same the same kind of questions. So there's obviously a major problem there. Uh, I'm guessing that the MSNBC host who started crying talking about January 6th, I, I don't think that that's a widely shared <laughs> sentiment at this point as, as Biden gives his speech and, and commemorates this. I mean, they've really tried to turn this into... Um, I mean, I would say it's not a holiday. It's like a national day of shame, and they keep this all going. And the problem with that, there's a lot of problems with it, but one of them is how do you claim to be the uniting healing presidency when you celebrate my opponents are awful white supremacists who tried to overthrow the government, and if they win this time, they're going to, like, destroy the country? You know what I'm saying? Like, how, yeah. how do you square that one? doesn't make any sense. I think even for people who are left-leaning – when you are the difference between 2022, because I think this is important, Buck, you and I were somewhat surprised that Jan six had resonance in the midterms. And there were people out there who bought into, oh, my goodness, democracy's at da- in danger. I've got to go vote for a Democrat because otherwise this might be the last election. This is important. But this is important, though, I think, Clay, it it, it resonated with a thin slice Correct. of unfortunately very important voters in several states, mostly college-educated white voters. That was who they were able to sway, and female college-educated white voters in particular. So here's what's different to me, potentially, as we look towards 2024 and why this doesn't resonate the same way. Because now Biden is trying to put Trump in prison for the rest of his life, and on top of that, they're trying to remove Trump from the ballot. So it's hard to argue that you are a pro-democracy stalwart when you are trying to put your chief political opponent in prison for the rest of his life and when you are simultaneously trying to strip his name from even being able to appear on the ballot. In other words, I think that Democrats may well have overreached in their defense of democracy because a lot of people who are reasonable but not paying attention to politics would say yeah jan 6 is bad we shouldn't have had anybody rioting we shouldn't have had anybody storming the capitol there should be consequences for riots but there's a difference between saying that's bad and taking the next step and saying because of that no one should be able to vote for trump and he should go to prison for the rest of his life well it would be like saying no one can vote democrat because Biden voters uh, burned down a police station in, in Minneapolis. Or or voting Democrat is a vote for the destruction of America. Well, I probably should just stop the sentence there. <laughs> but voting Democrat is a vote for the destruction of America because Antifa lunatics, who are all leftists, who are all, you know, anti-Trump, tried to burn down a federal courthouse in Portland or tried to blind with lasers federal officers sent there to defend it that was their stated intent they wanted to blind people you know you can do this all day long i mean the fact of the matter is not only have they punished 
the January 6th people excessively compared to what other offenses, you know, similar offenses, especially nonviolent offenses would get. And excessively, I think, is an understatement. I mean, viciously. It is like a D.C. gulag. Beyond that, Clay, I remember it very well. I mean, I don't think you had it, you know, out in your neighborhood, but I had it on my street, and you certainly were seeing it on TV. The Democrats rioted all summer and terrified people. And there was no effort by, honestly, the Trump administration then or the Biden administration afterwards to systematically go through every videotape and say, all right, you know, you threw uh, rocks at federal officers. We're going to we're going to lock you up for assault on a federal officer. You threw bottles of urine at D.C. Metro Police. We're going to lock it. No, they didn't do that at all. So there's also there's the disparity of the severity against the J6 people and also the fact that nothing was done at all, really, to all of the BLM Democrat shock troops for Biden in 2020. And people are still rightly ticked off about that. Yeah. And and I think it goes to you have the right to defend yourself to a certain extent in when you're attacked. Right. There is a self-defense component to it. But at some point, reasonable people say, "Okay, that went oftentimes. This is what juries decide beyond what a reasonable self-defense would have been. And I think a lot of people out there say, "Okay, Jan six was a threat. Let's punish the people who violated the law. But when you combine the sentences that the Jan 6 defendants are getting, and by the way, how chilling was it? I don't know who the audience was for Joe Biden, but when they cheered because people are being put in prison for over 800 years for a mostly nonviolent, what was actually a nonviolent protest, who was that audience? That's creepy. That's scary. That's actually what a form of totalitarianism would sound like, hey, we're going to put our political prisoners in prison for hundreds of years. But then when you combine that with trying to put Trump, again, this is what I would say is resonating for a lot of people. Trump, they have managed to make Trump the victim. And I think it's harder to create this illusion of December, January 6th as a threat to democracy when you have gone beyond the pale in your response I think that's the general independent voter's perspective. And, and, you know, we've been saying what we think the Biden strategy is going to be here. I think it's worth noting that you have Democrat strategists who are also encouraging that. That that is the strategy. Here's Paul Begala, who's, you know, been in the game a long time, a longtime Clinton loyalist. Here he is saying what he thinks Biden's strategy should be. This is cut 16. President Biden needs to listen. He needs to ramp up the attacks. He did yesterday. He needs to stop running ads that say, I did a great job, and start running ads saying this guy is a threat. Democracy, to your abortion rights, to your Social Security, everything has to be Trump. Everything. I have a seven-step plan for Biden's re-election. And I, I, you can memorize them because I did them in alphabetical order. Attack, 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 attack. Now, not the most clever way of putting it, but... That is, I think, what Biden's going to have to do. And, and just to the point about stop running ads about the great job, no one thinks he's done a great job. So this is really – Democrats don't even think he's done a great job. Not really. Not if you look at the polling among Democrats. So this is just going to be an all-out anti-Trump uh, you know, assault. And, and I'll just – for the people that are saying, well, Trump hasn't won the nomination yet, notice Democrats seem to think that he has because they're, yeah. they're already going all in – as though this is, uh, this is, you know, effectively over. So we'll come back into this and, um, and Clay, to your point about, about, uh, Charleston, uh, there, you know, Biden's going down there today. People are already yes. saying that that's, that Charleston was Trump's fault, which is quite a, uh, which happened a before Trump even announced, I believe, 
for his entire political That's career. That's right. Yeah. So we, we shall discuss some of this here coming up in a second. A lot to get to today, my friends. You know, it happens to me, I'd say every couple of days now, I get some weird text message and it says something like, your package is delayed. Just click here. Or, you know, the IRS needs you. Just click here. By the way, you know, IRS corresponds with people via the mail. I'm not going to send you a text saying, hey, give me all your sensitive info. It's a scam, folks. It's a scam. And it's so easy to fall for it. We're all busy. we got things going on. Oh, I just want my package. Boom, you click on it. And guess what? They've got you. This is why you need to take action to protect yourself online. You need to understand how cybercrime and identity theft affect us in our day-to-day lives. You can do something about it with LifeLock. Their online systems operate 24-7, monitoring transactions and new online account openings in the hundreds of millions every day. When they see something suspicious, like your name involved in a dozen purchases, suddenly within an hour, it seems kind of strange, you don't live anywhere near there, they will notify you. If you do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based LifeLock Restoration Specialist will work with you to fix it, which can save you hours and hours and hours of wasted time and anxiety. Trust me. Join now. Save 25% off your first year with LifeLock when you use my name, Buck, as your promo code. So you can go to one or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. That's 1-800-LIFELOCK. Or go to LifeLock.com and use promo code Buck for 25% off. They're here to shed light on the truth every day. Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less, every time you play. You pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever. And it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match. Up to $100. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, 
Pick less. It's that easy. We're proud supporters of those who serve our country and our local communities. That includes our military, law enforcement, firefighters, emergency medical professionals, and other government service personnel. There's an American company whose entire mission is built around serving these individuals, GovX.com. If you've served our country in one of these ways, go to GovX.com and join the community today. It's fast, easy, and totally free. GovX members get access to unbeatable discounts from thousands of trusted brands that want to honor your service. Brands like Oakley, Vortex Optics, Yeti, Under Armour, and many more. You'll also save big on sports tickets, entertainment, and travel. GovX.com is a one-stop shop for everything you need on or off-duty. A portion of every order goes towards nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. More than 8 million people are already saving every day through GovX. Visit GovX.com and use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. So I'm here with Clay, and, and we're just having a little digression. We have a lot of fun sometimes talking the breaks. I have a theory. I've told Carrie this. Oh, Speaking of Carrie, uh, we, we have a review for you, Clay, later in the show on the Barbie movie, which I don't think you have seen, right? No, I have not no. seen the Barbie movie. We, I'm going to hold that one because people are. You you're hear. just going to movie theaters left and right now. Uh, well, it's like, on. It's on HBO. Oh, 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 oh no, no, no! You're, I thought you went to the theater to see Barbie. Somebody would have to pay me a lot of money to get me back into okay. movie theater these days. I'm I'm done with movie theaters for the foreseeable. But because people talk and they take out their phones. And when I have to tell them to get off my lawn, they get mad at me, and I just so wait, feel like... So what were you complaining about movie theaters the other day? I, th- I thought you had gone out to the movies. N- yes, I did. That was yeah, why okay. I'm never going back. Yes, okay. because they made me watch 30 minutes of commercials. That's what it was. It was, it was brainwashing. I feel like they, they were, they were forcing me to just look at all this garbage. Anyway, so you, you pay for the privilege of sitting there in a seat while they run ads in your face for half an hour. That's um, always been, by the way, the movies work, right? Like the previews have, uh, I, they may have extended them a little bit, but th- even when you went to watch Indiana Jones back in the day, there were lots of previews. Previews used to be cool because you couldn't see them anywhere else. That is and true. You, they, I'm you, talking, you didn't know what movies were coming out. Now everything's on YouTube and they advertise a lot right. more, but it used to be like you would sit there and you'd be like, oh, I want to go see that movie. I didn't know that movie was coming. That's a good Pre- point. Previews used to be great, but Clay, I'm talking about ads like buy Skittles, you know, like ad ads, not oh, okay. not movie trailers. That's what they do now. So that's why I'm not the only one who's noticed this. Actually, other less grouchy people have have uh, railed against this practice in the movies. But I I, I digress. I was talking about to Clay about um, and this will this will tie into our brief Liz Cheney discussion here in a second. I can pretty much tell. Well, I can definitely tell a person's politics if you give me. 15 seconds of looking at their bookshelf and uh, assuming they have a bookshelf with books on it. Um, but even the books on their coffee table, I can generally tell what their politics are um, and perhaps even a, a lot more about them. Um, Liz Cheney is out there. First of all, you know, Donald Trump referred to January 6 rioters as hostages. And this is very, very upsetting. Democrats are very, very upset about this. Here is Liz Cheney on, on, um, well, not only is she upset about uh, that, uh, this is actually going to be clip nine here. She says that Trump is unfit for office, Clay, and and Ron DeSantis is now unfit for office. Play nine. Someone who says that they would pardon individuals who assaulted the Capitol, who attempted to stop a constitutional process 
uh, who uh, assaulted police officers. I mean, it was a bloody battle. I had police officers, one, tell me that it was it was like medieval hand-to-hand combat. Uh, the notion that the Republican Party would continue its efforts to whitewash that day mm-hmm. when the, the peaceful transition of power is at the core of the survival of our republic tells you that they're unfit for office. So can I just be clear? So, so quote, Republican Liz Cheney, they've got a special seat for her, I think, in the MSNBC green room. She now is saying not only is Trump unfit, but Ron DeSantis is also unfit. Clay, this is called being a Democrat. And it's fascinating because so many, it's almost inevitable that people who go fully, like they make their brand, they go against Trump, they overwhelmingly eventually are like, not only is Trump horrible, you know, I really kind of like this Biden guy. He's not as bad as I thought every time. You're a history guy. What about the analogy? We know that Biden and all of his team continue to say that January 6th, they actually just argued was worse than the Civil War. Over 600,000 people died in the Civil War when the population of the United States was something like 25 million. So, I mean, we're talking about a level of death and destruction, the likes of which this country has never seen. It's You have to have a historical lack of knowledge that is off the charts to even make that analogy. But you're a history guy, Buck. What about her saying Jan 6th, there was like medieval battle. There was a lot of hand-to-hand combat there. I mean, medieval battle, Jan 6th, like were people getting chopped in half with axes and getting their heads chopped off or arms and legs with swords? I mean, this is so stupid. It's nuts. Um, it's, I actually were there cauldrons of burning oil being thrown on people? I mean, come on. I did watch the uh, extended version Lord of the Rings a little bit over the weekend, took a break from writing the book, and they've added multiple hours. And there's oh, actually a lot more. Yeah, if you watch the, the Return of the King, Lord of the Rings extended edition, there's a couple of hours additional, but a lot of it is just battle sequences. So I was like, I was nerding out all weekend. My wife, thankfully, is just how okay many with women this. do you think have watched the Return of the Rings extended battle version? Eight. The, the Lord, in Lord of the Rings right extended now. version. Very, very. This is a, this is a this is a bro thing. I know we probably have some ladies even who like for it, nerds. That sounds nerdy. When you were describing, even nerds were like, "Oh, that sounds pretty nerdy." I know the nerds were like, "Buck, don't say this stuff out loud. Keep this <laughs> keep this quiet. Keep this to yourself." Well, a lot of, and then a lot of other guys were like, "Oh, I got to write that down. I didn't know the extended version of Lord of the Rings was out right now." It's pretty awesome because there's a lot of medieval hand to hand combat. However, when Liz Cheney says something like this, it's absurd, but it also goes... I, I brought up the book thing, I should know, because Clay and I were talking about how Liz Cheney wrote a book, and there were people who bought the book. And my theory on this is you buy a Liz Cheney book, not because you're going to read it, but because it's something you can put on your shelf or on the coffee table that tells everybody immediately, you are hashtag resistance, you are hashtag never Trump. It tells what your politics are. So it's effectively a bumper sticker that you pay $30 for. Yeah, you know that Mary, was it Mary Trump who wrote like the Trump family tell-all, uh, scandalous biography or I don't even know what the, I mean, it's not even a biography, I don't think, cause I think it focused on the whole family, uh, to some extent. It sold like a million copies. And I can't imagine, a million copies of a book is unheard it's of. It's impossible. It's very yes. hard to do that these days. Yeah. So the only thing I can think is that you're right, that this was a bumper sticker book that people bought to show their political allegiances by just putting it out there because I can't I can't imagine their I mean look at the results I mean who who is Liz Cheney's 
uh, uh, you know, sort of base audience now. I think you're right. I think it's just people who hate Trump. And I can't imagine that many people are actually reading her book because otherwise she sort of faded into obsolescence, right? You were right. We predicted this. And I still wouldn't be shocked if she ran as a third party candidate, if she could get on the ballot in a few states to try to spoil Trump in the event he's the nominee uh, or DeSantis if he were the nominee, because she basically is like all these anti-Trump guys who immediately, once they raise those millions of dollars from Democrats, the what's the Lincoln Project and all yeah. these people, it's not just Trump. Like they're never this coming is the back. Point. It it always it always turns into you know a strange newfound respect for this former Republican who hates Trump from the New York Times and MSNBC, uh, and and eventually they just become Democrats. I mean, th- this is the phenomenon that you see playing out over and over again, and you see it by the fact that. To, to, they, they have to feed more to the audience than just their anti-Trump hatred. So they start pulling other Republicans in. They're like, oh, I hate Vivek too. And I hate DeSantis. And you know, they, they go down the list. So that's not a surprise. We mentioned this. I did just want to play it. Um, and this is MSNBC's Jonathan Capehart talking about January 6th and emoting. This is cut six. I'm going to try to get through this. Um, oh my. Thank you for what you did three years ago today. Um, please tell me your thoughts um, on this third anniversary. <clears throat> um, we are uh, still in the midst of the, the same fight that began uh, on January 6th. It, the other thing about all this, Clay, you know, we have Liz Cheney talking about the medieval hand-to-hand combat, and you have Jonathan Capehart crying as he talks i don't I mean, he wasn't there but crying as he even talks about this thing because it's so uh, emotionally painful for him where were all these individuals when there were marauding gangs destroying everything on my every storefront on my street and looting them um all of them biden voters all in the name of the racial equality and social justice movement of blm which is just a democrat mobilization entity that's all it is like where are all these people when they were punching police officers and gathering outside of the white house when donald trump was president and they tried to burn down an ancient and historical church right next to the white house where were they i'm just wondering where were these people were so upset here is a prediction you can flag this one if donald trump wins in november of 2024 right 10 months or so from now everything that happens after that election is going to make January 6th look like a picnic. I mean, it is going to be buildings burning, oral votes for Donald Trump. This is just a prediction. Flag it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe nobody will show up at all. Maybe there won't be a single building that burns. Maybe there won't be a single riot. I would be stunned if Trump wins. There will be, I think, massive riots all over the country. And everybody who's been trying to talk about January 6th as a unique threat to America will be thrust once again, Buck, into this question. And I think it'll be way harder for them. I do. Because they overlook the six months of burning America that we had in 2020 because it's convenient to them and people have short memories. But after the way they have built up January 6th, I've said this before, I think if Trump had narrowly won in 2020, I think Democrats would have stormed the Capitol. I, 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 you think they would have just sat back and said, oh, 
trumps the duly elected president again? No, I think they would have been out of their minds. There was at least as much, if not more, uh, anti-democratic sentiment in 2016 when Trump won. I think in 2004, it will be just as bad, if not far worse, than 2020. You know, we could also make predictions, Clay, about things that are far less intense and serious and, and actually kind of fun. Predictions like who's going to win the big game on Sunday. We got a new sponsor. It's going to be a lot of fun. Whether you're really dialed into sports like Clay or, uh, more of a, of a newbie in the professional sports world like I am, you can share this with the sports fanatic in your life. It's called Prize Picks. It's the number one daily fantasy sports app. With the start of the football playoffs coming this weekend, there's no better time to check it out. Here's how it works. Select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection, and place your entry. You turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. You can do that. That's possible. Now, yeah. Clay, Clay uh, you're going to have to explain to me how all this stuff really goes. So this is going to be a little bit of sports betting Obi-Wan and Padawan, because this would be my first outing with the sports betting world. Yeah, look, this is a lot of fun. You're you're basically picking individual players and placing uh bets, wagers on whether or not they're going to be able to achieve certain yardage totals. So it's a little bit like fantasy football for everybody else out there that has probably played fantasy football. Huge percentage of people. You try to predict what people are going to be capable of per, uh, achieving in individual games. Buck, you may or may not know, tonight, Michigan against Washington. Uh, I'm traveling down to Houston. Can't wait to watch that game in person. My wife's a big Michigan Wolverine. But then you got Wild Card Weekend coming up. Six different NFL playoff games taking place this upcoming weekend for the weekend after. Ten big NFL games. If you're an NFL fan, you can go to Prize Picks. You've got the code for everybody. You can get hooked up right now uh, and start to make your predictions about what's going to happen in all the big games that are coming up with the NFL slate of playoffs soon to be upon us. And it's going to be great because Clay's going to be telling us about his picks, and if he's wrong, I'm going to give him a hard time about it here on the show. So he better pick the right players and the right yardage and all that stuff. By the way, over 7 million football fans have already signed up for prize picks, and they will match your first deposit up to $100 right now. Go to prizepicks.com slash buck and use that promo code buck. prizepicks.com slash buck. Use promo code buck. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Find every podcast as they're released and listen. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us as we sit here one week until the actual First votes are going to be cast in Iowa. We'll take some of your calls, by the way, next couple of hours, 800-282-2882. But, Buck, I put up a poll question. I want to get the last of it because I only allowed it for an hour online. Uh, And the final results are in. Over 21,000 people voted. Um, And Trump is your winner. But what's interesting about this is... What is the, what is the battleground going to look like for the ultimate one-on-one versus Trump contender? We know that Vivek is not going to, it would be the, the, the upset of the century for Vivek to end up, uh, as the winner. Um, and so Vivek's out. Chris Christie is out. 
We know that we're really in a battle between Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis to see who could be the alternative to uh, to Donald Trump and get into that 1v1 matchup. So DeSantis has put all his eggs in the basket at Iowa. What does it have to look like in your mind for DeSantis to be able to claim victory in Iowa one week from today? To me, if and I'll give you my answer, and then I'm curious how you would assess this. To me, if DeSantis can be, Buck, around 10 points behind Trump, and if Trump doesn't get over 50% of the vote, that would allow DeSantis, if he finishes second, to have some measure of uh, of success. Nikki Haley, I think, needs to find a way, because she's put all of her eggs in the New Hampshire basket. But the way I look at it, and tell me if you disagree, it seems to me like we're headed for DeSantis coming in second in Iowa, and then Nikki Haley coming in second in New Hampshire, and we'll have a split. And I don't know whether either of them then drop out and I think Chris Christie will drop out and endorse Nikki Haley. That would be my expectation. Vivek has already told us on this show that if he ever drops out, he would endorse Trump. We know that that is a Trump-related component. So how would you see this shaking out? Uh, to me, it feels like even if we get into a 1v1, it's going to take too long, potentially. And does the alternative have the juice to ever beat Trump? Nikki Haley's argument is, oh, when I get to South Carolina, I will. I don't know that I'd buy that. What do you think? It's so, you know, it's all about um, momentum change. That's the the hope of anybody who's campaigning here other than Donald Trump, right? Trump has more than just the momentum. He has built a sense of, by the poll numbers, inevitability to be the Republican nominee, and I think it's very unlikely that you're going to see that change in one night or because of one contest. Um, but that would be the hope is that you go from Trump is invincible and therefore inevitable as the nominee to maybe Ron DeSantis or maybe Nikki Haley can close this gap and continue to close it as they go forward. That would be the hope. Um, and I know we had some callers who were asking the last hour, um, explain the Iowa caucuses, uh, a few things. It's technically caucuses, right, because each one little meeting is a is a caucus. Correct. So you'll hear people say Iowa caucus. That's shorthand, not technically correct. Caucuses, you got over 1,600 precincts. People gather together, and it's at, like, churches and meeting halls. It's kind of like a neighborhood political sit-down. And they all start, they, there's like a they do the Pledge of Allegiance, I think a prayer, they appoint someone to be the the head of that particular caucus. They then have a secretary who will tabulate the votes, and they start voting. And then once they've gone through their voting process about who they're going to uh, support for president in that caucus, then that gets kind of shot up to the top, and all of a sudden you see who wins the most precincts, and, and that's then how all this stuff goes. But, it's, but I, what I would say is, it's not like you roll in and you might only have to commit 20 minutes of your time to go vote in a primary, right? Ideal situation, it's not very crowded. You go in, you can vote all day. The caucus is set for a specific time. You show up and basically you make an argument for who you support as if you're the caucus leader. Then people inside of that room vote. They join different groups. I mean, it's a several-hour commitment which is different than this traditional way you would show up and vote in a primary. I know the, the Republicans have some 
differences from the way Democrats do this. Um, and this is all run not by, it's not paid for by taxpayer dollars. So it's not like official election, uh, you know, people are running. It's, it's run by the, by the parties respectively. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I think there are some things that people are already pointing to, Clay, like it's going to be, it's supposed to be, even by Iowa standards for the middle of January, very cold. Uh, I don't yes. know how much the 10 day forecast is going to be accurate, but it's supposed to be like below zero, below zero Fahrenheit, um, or below zero. Uh, and so Fahrenheit I think, for everybody out there, big Celsius fans in the Clay and Buck. On, you know, we have some Buck. European listeners. That, we got some. I, I, I'm laughing about it because I just came back from, uh, from Australia, Australia. where everything is in, uh, is in Celsius. Do, our, so, do yes. our Canadian brothers and sisters use Fahrenheit or Celsius? Are they, are they part of team Fahrenheit? They better be. It's a great question. America that was the Junior. really funny Nate Bargatze skit, um, that was on Saturday Night the American Live. founding, how we're going to use weird lengths compared to, or weird measurements yes. compared to everybody else. Yeah. So look, I, I, you know, that's just some of the, the mechanics of, of how this is going to work. Um, I think the GOP version of this tends to be faster and, and more straightforward than Democrats, but correct me if I'm wrong on that one, anyone out there. Um, and, uh, look, this isn't going to be a game changer in and of itself. It would just be, like I said, the change in the, in the perception. Um, but I mean, Donald, the, the fact that we have gone from hearing that this is where Ron DeSantis, for example, is going to win to this is, and I mean from DeSantis, uh, you know, people that have endorsed him and DeSantis influencers, campaign people to this is where Ron shows you that he's the strong number two and can close that gap means that something very different or something ha- has happened in recent months. Uh, and they're going for a lower, the bar has been lowered relative to Trump. Uh, for other candidates to feel like they got some kind of a victory out of this. I don't think right now, but I don't know, the, the way that you could say that Ron would win or maybe Nikki, I don't think Nikki Haley's going to win, but I don't know, would just be the ground game is so strong. And Kim Reynolds, the governor of Iowa, uh, came out long ago in favor of Ron DeSantis. She's a popular governor in that state. That'll probably help. I think endorsements are usually more for reporters to have something to say than for actual moving the needle in a lot of places, but... Uh, I think you'll see Ron DeSantis come in second place, and then there will be a whole discussion about is it a good enough second place that it changes the belief uh, that Trump has already been effectively so far ahead that it can't change. You know, that that's it. I don't really see much else of a discussion. I don't think Vivek lasts very long before he decides that he's going to endorse Trump. Uh, I think he's gotten more than what anybody could have imagined out of this uh you know, situation. You, you see that Mediaite was reporting. I don't know. I don't know. They were probably borrowing someone else's reporting that Vivek was planning to do a podcast with the Daily with the Daily Wire, and then that didn't happen. And then all of a sudden, it was just I'm going to run for president. <laughs> so he's done remarkably well. He he's done really well. And and to your point, I think it being sub zero and the fact that you're going to have to commit a decent amount of time means that really what you're testing in Iowa is the strength of your commitment to the candidate that you support. Because there's lots of people out there that will give 20 minutes of time to show up to vote in a primary. If you're going to commit several hours of your time on a cold night a week from today in Iowa, where it may well be sub-zero, you're going to get in your car, your truck, your SUV, whatever you got. You're going to make the effort to drive to your caucus site. 
you're going to be willing to argue for or against your particular candidate. You're going to line up in front of everybody. And it's a little bit different, Buck, I believe, in that everybody knows who you're voting for, right? When you go into a typical voting yes. booth, you come out. Nobody really knows who you vote for. You get the little I voted sticker. You can tell people, but people don't know if you're being honest. Uh, and so you, it's, it's not just you standing inside of a voting booth. It's you making it known to your fellow citizens in your community who you've decided to support. And I think to your point, they have also simplified the reporting mechanisms because I, in 2016, uh, I don't think we found out who won the 2016 caucuses till almost after the vote had already happened in New Hampshire. Ted Cruz ended up winning in Iowa, but he didn't get the traditional. Correct me if I'm wrong. You guys out there in the audience can do this as well. But my recollection of that is that Ted Cruz didn't get the typical election night victory uh, speech because they didn't know. It took them so long to figure out what the actual tallies were. And they've now streamlined it because everybody was so frustrated. I think it wasn't only on the Republican side, also the Democrat side. It was just kind of a total cluster. And so I hope that they've got it streamlined to the point where we will know who actually is going to be the victor in Iowa and how much their margin is by the time most of us go to bed uh, on uh, Monday night a week from today as we get to see what the actual outcome of the very first votes that are being cast. Oh, okay, so one, one, this is what I was, I was trying to remember. Um, there is no longer the walking around and forming of candidate preference groups at caucuses. That was the way okay. they did it for a long time. I remember that, yes. Now, now they have changed it. Both parties have changed it so that you, you know, you, you just sort of go in and it's just voting. I mean, there's speeches, the stuff we talked about, but you're voting. You're not forming these other, uh, candidate preference groups. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's so they have simplified it to a large yes. extent compared to what happened in the past. Yeah. Yeah. They've changed it for this, for this caucuses. That was the, uh, the switch that I was trying to, trying to address. So I, I don't know how much that's really going to change very much. I think it means it'll go a little bit faster, but you know, you got to show up. I think there's no, I don't think there's any absentee or mail in anything. I think, I you, think have you have to be, be in person. There. You have to be in person. Yeah. And so this is why, you know, it's, it's interesting. Why is Iowa first? It represents less than two percent of the overall delegates delegates that will be, you know, assigned uh at the end of this whole election process. Tradition. That's really it. You know, it's like when I when I people ask, why is why are Republicans I because I hate this. Have you ever talked to you about this before? I hate that Republicans are red and Democrats are blue. We should be blue and they should be red because they're communists. Yeah. This just is what happened. Because of the way that the, uh, you know, CBS, NBC, ABC back in the seventies, they decided to represent the parties with these colors. I think initially also one of them was even like yellow. So they changed it around a little bit, but this, this really stuck with blue and red. And it just bothers me because the commie should be red. There should be truth in advertising. And instead we're red. It's all meant to confuse. It's like when they call themselves liberals and they're really authoritarians. I get fired up about this. As well, you should. And we'll play you some more cuts, by the way, of Joe Biden's going to Charleston. To me, this is even more despicable than the Valley Forge speech. To combine the two just lets you know how nasty of a campaign Joe Biden is is planning to run. Because you go to a place nine years after a, a shooting happened there. And look, I, I wish there were no mass shootings in America. But the idea that you're trying to sell 
and we'll play some of this cut from James Clyburn, who was in South Carolina, that somehow Trump is responsible for the deaths of those uh, individuals at the at the black church in Charleston is is beyond the pale. And then you combine it with the Valley Forge speech. It's just a particularly nasty way to decide to effectively launch your campaign in 2024. And I think all of you need to be prepared. This is not going to be some uh, standing on a hill, bright version of American life. This is going to be one of the nastiest election campaigns that any of us have ever experienced. Yes. And and also to to your point about Biden and where he's giving his speech, um, it ignores the recent polling that shows that young black men are increasing in their support for Donald Trump. Yeah. The, as well, I would argue that's one reason he's there is because he's going to try to convince black people that if they vote for Trump, they're all going to get murdered because Trump's an awful racist white supremacist. That's what he's trying to sell with this speech. Yep. Uh, we'll get more into this in just a moment. But, you know, last year, because of you, Preborn's network of clinics saved the lives of over 58,000 babies. Thank you all to, to you who made this possible. It was your donations to preborn that allowed them to provide support and care to pregnant mothers deciding on life or abortion for their unborn child. Preborn's network of clinics is a nonprofit organization that welcomes these women and provides support, care, and an ultrasound. That ultrasound experience is so often the difference maker. When a mother meets her child this way, hears the heartbeat for the first time, and sees the movements of that baby in the womb, the decision is so often to give the baby life. This happens frequently, sometimes 200 times a day in preborn's clinics. That's right. Preborn clinics are saving around 200 babies' lives each day in this way. The cost of an ultrasound is 28 bucks. So would you make a donation of that amount or greater if you can? It will be put to saving the lives of tiny unborn children. Let's join together and help mothers choose life. Using your cell phone, dial pound 250, say the keyword baby. That's pound two five zero say baby or visit preborn.com slash buck preborn.com slash B U C K sponsored by preborn. The torch of truth passed and still lit every day. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. We're proud supporters of those who serve our country and our local communities. That includes our military, law enforcement, firefighters, emergency medical professionals, and other government service personnel. There's an American company whose entire mission is built around serving these individuals, GovX.com. 
If you've served our country in one of these ways, go to GovX.com and join the community today. It's fast, easy, and totally free. GovX members get access to unbeatable discounts from thousands of trusted brands that want to honor your service. Brands like Oakley, Vortex Optics, Yeti, Under Armour, and many more. You'll also save big on sports tickets, entertainment, and travel. GovX.com is a one-stop shop for everything you need on or off-duty. A portion of every order goes towards nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. More than 8 million people are already saving every day through GovX. Visit GovX.com and use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. All right, third hour of Clan Buck gets going right now, and we had some uh, breaking news to talk to you about here. Last, well, kind of from yesterday, I suppose, but breaking in that we haven't talked about it here on the show. Uh, and that is that uh, Speaker Johnson has gotten a top-line spending deal, so there will not be a government shutdown. As of last week, there was discussion that on the border issue, which we are about to dive into, there's so much uh, distance between the two sides that perhaps there would be a partial government shutdown. I don't really want to get too deep into the Speaker of the House conversation because I know there are going to be people that feel very invested that Mike Johnson is great, and there are some people maybe that are having second thoughts. I would just point out that uh, we here on this show told you a lot of the Speaker stuff that has gone on in the Republican Party in the last year uh, has been much more about the personalities involved than changes in policy. And that's evidenced by the fact that there have been no changes in policy and that the same outcomes happen when we have McCarthy in, we got Johnson in. Um, now, maybe that will change, but so far it hasn't changed. So I think that sometimes we get a little caught up in that. And it's like, well, this guy's a rhino and that guy's not. Well, just wait till that guy becomes leadership in the house and maybe people will be feeling a little differently i I don't want to get into the speaker thing though right now clay because i I think it's more important to focus on um although maybe we'll we'll come back to it we'll certainly come back to it later in the week i I believe um the border crisis as it stands right now we've got i'm trying i'm going from memory i think clay uh when you were out uh they had the numbers it was basically seven hundred thousand 
um, in uh, stretching back for uh, to September, I think it was seven or eight hundred thousand. I mean, you're at a point now where there's over ten thousand migrants a day coming into the U.S. Um, I agree with people that don't like the term migrant, uh, and this has been a very deliberate, uh, deliberate decision. You know, we can't say illegal alien anymore. We can't say illegal immigrant. We weren't going to say undocumented, so now they've settled on migrant. The problem is they are in a process. They're in a process. And until that changes, nothing else changes. Here's Nancy Pelosi, uh, Clay, saying that the way to solve this is to honor our asylum responsibilities. Cut one. So we have to handle this with care. We must secure our border. That's for sure. There's no question about that. But we also must honor our responsibilities in terms of asylum and the rest. And the president has that in his proposal. And what they say is, oh, it won't make a difference. No, it will make a difference. Let's get the job done. Let's do it soon. Now, she's lying. I mean, it won't make a difference if you believe that we want to stop people from illegally coming into the country. This is where it gets very complicated, Clay. People agree. I talked about that CBS poll. The border, 75% basically say it's a crisis. But then we get into who do they blame for the crisis? What do they think should be done about the crisis? Biden's president, so there's some blame for him there. The fundamental problem here is that what Democrats want to do is have a more orderly invasion of illegality whereas there are at least some Republicans who want the illegals to stop coming into the country. Yeah, and look, what they're going to do, I this is my prediction, I think they're going to try to muddy the waters here because of all the issues that are out there right now, Biden is weakest on the border. And even traditional Democrat voters and even Democrat supporters of Biden, the mayors of New York City, Chicago, uh, I saw where the mayor of Denver now is, uh, has got too many, uh, uh, migrants there. They just can't handle it. And, and I do think we need to give credit to Texas Governor Greg Abbott. His decision to begin busing all of these illegals to the places where they want to go. Remember, New York City is a sanctuary city. Washington DC, sanctuary city. Chicago, Boston, all of these different cities, Denver, that are now being flooded with illegal immigrants. All of them supposedly wanted to have open borders and they wanted to be places of refuge for all of these people illegally coming into the country until suddenly they had to be responsible for it themselves. And Greg Abbott's game plan here, and I think it was brilliant, I think it's been brilliantly executed, is it's easy to pretend there isn't a crisis if you aren't on the border yourself. All of you listening to us right now in Texas and in Arizona, if you're anywhere near the border, you are constantly overrun. This is a never-ending crisis for you. But for many parts of the country, you can just pretend this isn't happening because it isn't crisis level in your community. And what Greg Abbott did was he said, okay, I'm going to give you a small picture of what we deal with in Texas on a daily basis. Remember, Buck, This is only a pinprick of the number of people that are coming illegally that are being put on buses and going to New York City, Chicago, Denver, these other cities, and it's breaking their ability in those cities to even handle this at all. It's not like a a million people are getting on these buses. What was the number this year? Over 3 million illegals, I think, came in 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 2023, and all it takes is fifty or 60,000 to break New York City. 
And this is what is going on now. I give credit to Greg Abbott. It has completely altered the dynamics and the discussion surrounding this. But what I think they're going to do, and I'm curious if you would sign on with this as well, is one, they're going to say, well, we're making offers and Republicans won't actually sign on to the fixes that we want. So they're actually to blame, right? Blame shifting is going to be number one. Number two is, and I'm curious whether this is going to end up happening, they're going to try to get something passed that Joe Biden can sign and say, oh, I've solved the issue at the border now to try to get this blame off of his plate. Those are the two things that I think are going to happen. Republicans are to blame, which maybe some people will buy into. I don't think very many, but they'll try it. And two, they'll try some bill that doesn't actually address this at all. Because remember, they want this. This is the this is the issue that they have in general. Well, they want open borders effectively. This is why the this is why the language that's used is so important. When they say secure the border, I mean think think of America like it's a party. And border patrol is uh the they're the bouncers to the party. And you know, there's fire code that can't let too many people in. Republicans, or at least the ones who are serious about this issue, Trump, uh, DeSantis, and others as well who are running for president, Republicans are saying, hey, there are too many people inside. People are sneaking in without paying. We need to stop this. Democrats are saying, we just need more bouncers to let more people in who haven't paid. That's what's going on. So when they say, oh, we want to send more security to the party, what they mean is we want to make it easier. They want to streamline the illegal entries into the country. They want to make sure that they're uh, you know, able to be sort of entered into the system. And understand, when Nancy Pelosi says we have a we have responsibilities in terms of asylum, part of that responsibility is if you don't get asylum, under law, you are supposed to be deported. You're supposed to be sent home to the country. Because asylum is the same thing as refugee status. It's just asylum is when you're already in the country, right? So it used to be if you were sailing past, you know, New York Harbor and you're supposed to go somewhere else, you said, no, I need asylum. You jump off. You're like, I need, I, I need asylum here in America. If you're a refugee, it means you're applying to do the same kind of process, but from another country, right? The issue now is you never get sent away. So it's just a giant open door to come into America and skip the whole immigration line. I mean, the whole thing is a scam. Not only that, your first appearance now in front of a judge to consider your asylum claim, I'm sure you saw this, Buck. I think I saw this while I was in Australia. Some of these guys are getting, after 2030, appearance notices now. Think about how wild that is. Seven years of living in the United States well, we before know you even have to appear before a judge? There's no chance that they're not going to say, they've been in the community for seven years. It's heartless and cruel for us to oh, not let course. them stay. So the whole thing, and probably they might, might have had a kid by then, depending kids. on how old we're talking yes. about. The, the whole thing is falling apart, but it's not falling apart because, Oh, we don't have laws to address this. It's not falling apart because there's some grand bargain that could be struck that would make everything better. It's the refusal of our political elites, Democrats across the board, but even some Republicans get in on this one too. Even some of the donor class Republicans are, they're big fans of the cheap labor. Let's be honest. They don't want it to stop fundamentally. And everything else that people are hearing, this is to your point about how they're going to blame the Republicans. Everything else is just a lie. It's just a distraction. 
Yeah, and I think you crystallized this early last year, and I've heard other people pick up on it. Democrats are far more concerned about the Ukrainian border than they are the United States border. And that is a really compelling distillation of two distinct issues that it's very hard to argue against. I think that cuts through the noise. When you hear Joe Biden talking about how we need to spend $100 billion to protect yeah. Ukraine's border, how much money, this is a good question, how much money do you think it would take to actually shut down our southern border and not allow anybody else in? I feel like $100 billion probably would do it. Oh, a lot less. Uh, a lot yeah, less. But, the, but the I mean, biggest... $100 billion for sure and if you ask the American public right now, would you rather give a hundred billion to, to to secure the border of Ukraine to the best of their ability, or a hundred billion to the United States to secure our southern border? That's a seventy thirty issue, I think, in terms of American voters, at least maybe seventy five twenty five, maybe even eighty twenty. I think that people are recognizing the scam here. They're starting to understand um, the way that this works and what the uh, what the real end state goal from the Democrats is, which is the continuation of this. And I, I always want to say, I mean, right now, Clay, people across the country, I mean, let's just sort of bring this home for a second. I mean, all immigration stuff is is here at home, but for, for people listening, um, they can afford half the house they could three years ago. That's just a fact by based on mortgage rates. Yes. They're paying more for food, gas, and lodging. I mean, the inflation number, CPI is a joke, everybody. We know that, right? Because CPI measures the increase in the cost, except for food and energy. Well, for most people, what are the things, you know, gassing your car and, and food, you know, on, on the dinner table, those are the things that you have to deal with the most frequently and hurt your budget the most, right? Because that's money you have to spend. It's not really discretionary. So all that's going on. And you got... uh Higher and higher defaults on car loans, people running up more and more credit card debt. They can't afford what they were. And when I say used to, I'm not talking about, oh, 50 years ago, three years ago. Can't afford what they could three years ago in terms of a house to live in. And there are going to be 8 million illegals in the country this year getting free housing, free medical care, free everything, courtesy of the taxpayer. I mean, if it's not a problem, why is New York City screaming about this and saying we can't handle this anymore? People are seeing it and understanding it in a way that they hadn't before, that the lawlessness has costs, economic costs, social costs. It's real to them. And not only that, Buck, as we go to break here, think about this. They're also, note what New York City and Chicago's of the world are saying. They're demanding a federal bailout. They want you and me and every single person out there paying taxes to actually pay for their open sanctuary city status they want you who lives nowhere near new york city or chicago to bear the cost that they are bearing as a federal taxpayer that's what they're demanding right now from joe biden and everyone else and they'll push for amnesty as soon as they have a democrat safely ensconced in for biden harris newsom I i don't even care who it is if a democrat is president in 2025 you will start to hear the Guys, the only way to solve this is amnesty. And for those who are going to say, oh, but they might not have the House and the Senate, they might not have the, uh, you know, the votes necessary, uh, they'll try it with an executive order of some kind. They'll try to just abuse the law and make it, uh, something that's already finished before anyone can do anything about it. No doubt. If you're into listening to great podcasts, we've got a recommendation for you. It's all about our country's spirit and the inspiring stories found in virtually every community podcast called 
Our American Stories. You can find it on the free iHeart app or wherever you get your podcast. Our American Stories tells the stories of the men and women who built this country and continue to. Every day you'll discover three or four stories that will inspire and entertain you. How the Constitution came to be, for instance. Or even more uh, in, uh, potentially uh, divergent here, how about how was NASCAR founded? Just a sport that has its roots in bootlegging. These are just really cool stories that you will be entertained by. How about the story of Abraham Lincoln's last day uh, when he was assassinated at Ford's Theater? What actually happened there? How about Henry Ford helping to invent the modern world with his factories and the car that he was building? Our American stories tell stories of ordinary Americans who do good and heroic things every day. And you can find this podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's addictive just like our show is, you won't stop listening. Check out Our American Stories. That's Our American Stories. Keeping it real. Keeping it honest. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.